obviously. So if you want a clean stable, don't get an ox. But you need a strong ox for a what? For a large harvest. Let's pray together. Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you that it's real and lives. And you gave us this verse as a principle of life and as a truth that we need to latch hold of. And we pray that you'll speak to us. And Lord, touch us by the power of your spirit. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. I'm getting a little bit of feedback, TJ. It's a little loud up here for me. All right, now, without oxen, a stable stays clean, but you need a strong ox for a large harvest. Now, obviously, he's talking to uh, farmers. He's talking to people that live off the land, agrarian folks who live off of uh, what they grow. And he's sharing a principle or just a basic truth that the ox, uh, if, you, if you want a harvest, you've got to have an ox. The ox was the beast of burden that pulled the plow across the fields to make the ground ready for seed. That's what the ox was for. If you didn't have an ox, there was no plowing the field, no plowing the field, no sowing seed, no sowing seed, no harvest. So you had to have an ox. Now Solomon is saying something very obvious to all of us that the farmer had a choice. You could go without the ox and have a nice clean stable, but no harvest. Or you can have the ox along with what oxen do in barns. But also have a large harvest. If you want a harvest, you're going to have some mess. In other words, if you want things, if you're the type of person that like, likes things clean, pristine, uncomplicated, unmessy, trouble-free, and safe, don't put an ox in your barn. Okay? But if you want a large, abundant, fruitful harvest, you're going to have to release the ox. And have a shovel ready at all times because where the ox resides, you're going to need a cleanup crew. How many of you have dogs and you know that's true? All right. Now, I want to take this verse and share with you that there is a spiritual application in this verse that matters to you and me today. The ox is a picture of the Holy Spirit. It is by the power of the Holy Spirit that a great harvest of souls is gathered into the barn. Without the power of the Holy Spirit, there's no plowing of the field and there is no harvest. The ox is a picture of the Holy Spirit, or it wouldn't be in the Word of God. Something that obvious, unless there was a spiritual application. It is the Spirit of God that plows the field of the human heart. Most all of you would not be here today if the Holy Spirit had not plowed the field of your heart, touched you somewhere along the way, and it created in you life. And it gave you a spiritual thirst and a spiritual hunger for the things of God. That's supernatural. You wouldn't have come, out, come up with that on your own because you were born in sin and shaped in iniquity. And there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that seeks after God, no, not one, unless the Holy Spirit touches you. He's the ox that plows the field of your heart. The Holy Spirit breaks up the hard ground by convicting the sinner of his sin. Jesus said when the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict the world of sin and righteousness and judgment to come. 
You did not wake up in your own brilliance or your own high IQ and decide you were a sinner and needed God. It was revealed to you that you were a sinner and needed God by the power of the ox, the Holy Spirit. He prepares the heart for the sowing of the seed of the Word of God. He's doing that right now. He did it before you got here. Every Saturday night I pray, I say, Lord, please, by the Holy Spirit, walk into that sanctuary. Go ahead of me and prepare the way. Because I cannot do it without you, but Lord, with you we can do it. And you see, your hearts have been made ready for the Word of God by the moving of the Holy Spirit who has plowed your heart and made you ready for the seed of the Word. And I'm not preaching alone right now. I am preaching with His help by the power of the Holy Spirit. And as I minister His Word, He's out there illuminating you and helping you to receive the truth of the Word of God that, is, that, is, that the world is blind to. The farmer could never push that plow through the hard, rocky soil, never without the strength of the ox. He wouldn't get five feet without the strength of the ox. In the same way, we in the church... We in the ministry and every one of you believers, every one of you that named the name of Christ, you could never break up the soil of the hard human heart without the power of the Holy Spirit. You could never change one life, and I can't change one life. But right now, there's an ox in the room. And the ox is the power of the Holy Spirit. And I came today to talk about something that you and I badly need. We need the power of the Holy Spirit of God. This is why Jesus told his disciples, I am going to send you what my Father has promised. Don't you dare. Now this is right before he ascended into heaven and was caught up in the clouds. He said to his disciples, don't start preaching, don't start teaching, don't start ministering until I send the promise I have told you the Father is going to send. And he said, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. And I want to tell you something, folks. The Holy Spirit is here not just to touch you, not just to give you a kind of an idea about God, but the Holy Spirit has been sent to clothe us in the power of God. You are not alone. The very name Holy Spirit is parakletos in the Greek, and it means that the one called to stand alongside you, to lift up your arms, to strengthen you, to guide you, to teach you, to illuminate you, to make the Word come alive, to give you life. The Holy Ghost has been sent to clothe us in power. This is not a philosophical system that we have bought into when it comes to Christianity, no, it is a relationship with God that is sealed with the Spirit of God and where God clothes us and enables us and empowers us to live the life Jesus taught us to live. You can't live without the power of the Holy Spirit. I can't live without the power of the Holy Spirit. We need to be clothed in that power every single day. The ox in this powerful proverb is a type and a picture of the Holy Spirit. And guess what? It also describes two kinds of churches. And I want you to hear about these churches because we've got a choice to be one or the other. He says, if you want a clean stall, if you don't want any mess, you don't want any trouble, you want trouble free, then don't put an ox in the barn. Because if you put an ox in the barn, things are not going to be clean and pretty and pristine and untouched, but no, you're going to have some messes. Now, 
There are people who like their religion clean, trouble-free. They like it unmessy. They are religious people, a religious church. I see a religious church in this passage. It's the first kind. When I say religious church, I mean the church that is more concerned with outward impressions than inward reality. They are more concerned about how they look than the condition of their spiritual man. A religious church is that church that wants the first kind of barn. They want clean, uncomplicated, unmessy, trouble-free, and safe. They don't want the ox in the barn because the ox kicks things up every time. They don't want the ox in the barn. They don't want the moving of the Holy Spirit. They don't want the power of God. They want things just so. Now, I'm not being critical and I'm not being condemning. As a matter of fact, in the first service, this came upon me and it's on me again now. Somebody's listening by radio. You're in a religious church and you're dying in a religious church. And you're wondering if this is what church is all about. Pomp and splendor and form with no life. No, that is not what God gave us by the power of the Spirit of God. You're supposed to be filled with joy. And I tell you, there is more. There is more for the church. There is more for you as a believer in Jesus Christ. See, the ox, by its very nature, when the Holy Spirit is moving, it always messes things up. He messes with your stuff. The Holy Spirit will mess with your stuff. He will mess with your life. He will rearrange. He'll take some things out of your life, put some things in your life. He'll iron out some wrinkles. He'll say, this has got to go. He'll, he'll, he'll move things around because he's God. And see, a lot of people don't like that. Don't mess with me. And so they're far more concerned with their reputation among, among men than they are their reputation before God. They care about what men think, they, they, how men will respond to them, what their reputation will be in the city or in the town. They're very afraid of being called some of those or one of those. Kind of, you know, the, the, the nutcakes, the extremists who swing from the chandelier. They don't want, they want to be accepted by the world. But the Bible says, if you're a friend of the world, you're the enemy of God. And if you're the friend of God, you're going to be an enemy to the world. Paul describes this religious church this way. He said they will act religious. Now he's talking about the last days. Now, for your information, we've been in the last days since Jesus rose from the dead. We're in the last hour of the last days. But the last days began when Jesus rose from the dead and ascended into glory and the church was born. Then the last days began. Paul said in the last days, there's going to be a kind of church that will not want the ox in the barn. They will not want the power of the Holy Spirit in their life. He said they will act religious, 2 Timothy 3, 5, I'm reading it. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Wow. So listen to the word now. He is saying that there will be a kind of person, a church kind of person, a religious kind of person, who will reject the very power that could set them free will want the form without the substance, will want the impression without the reality, having a form of godliness, a form of godliness, but denying its power, the power being the Holy Spirit, the ox in the barn, working in their personal lives and in their churches. 
They will look religious, impressive. They will glisten. They will glitter. They will be impressive to the eyes of men. But the reality is there's no power in their life. There's no power in their church. It is a religious form. Now that word form, very interesting, comes, comes from a Greek word meaning an appearance that is outward but it's not real. It's, it's not genuine. It looks real but it's not real. The outward appearance does not reflect the inner reality. They look alive but in reality they're not alive. They have never been awakened by being born again. They have never experienced the power of God. And yet they will be on TV. They will write books. They'll invite you to their cathedrals or their church buildings. And I say to you again, anybody listening by radio or here today, if you're sitting in a church and it's dead and you're dead, there's more. Jesus didn't come to put you in a dead church. He came to put you in a living relationship with him. They look religious, but they have refused to allow the oxen into the, into the barn. The power of God has not been received into their private lives or into their churches. The power of the Holy Spirit that produces genuine spiritual fruit and transformation has been refused entrance. That's in Proverbs 14, 11. It is, you got the barn, but there's no ox in it. You got the barn because that's what you want, an outer display. And anybody driving by says, well, there's a farmer because there's a barn. But there's no ox, and because there's no ox, there's no harvest. In these churches, you got religious folks. They don't want their boat rocked. They don't want to make waves. They're terrified of losing control. They're terrified of losing control. Kathy and I got invited to preach in a church a while back. And uh, this church... Uh, gave me a call, wanted me to come minister. So I said to the elder that called me, I said, now if I come, i got to give an altar call. He said, a what? And I said, I need to give an altar call. And he said, what do you mean? Now this was a large church. It was uh, in the rich area of Houston. It was a beautiful building, beautiful barn. But I, he said, well, you know, we've never done anything like that in this church. I said, wait a minute. You're telling me you've never had an invitation given in your church for people to respond to the Word of God? No. I said, what do you do there? He said, we teach the Word of God. <laughs> and I said, well, if I come, I have got to give an invitation because that's just the way I do. I've got to give an invitation for people to be able to respond to the Word of God. He said, well, we really can't do that. And so I really appreciate your time. And I said, okay. And I gave up the invitation because I could not give an invitation. Well, now the story gets thicker because... A friend of ours had invited us to come. He was a big giver in this church. He was very well off financially. And when I told him they wouldn't have me because they wouldn't let me give an invitation, he went to them and said, he's coming and he's giving an invitation. So they called me back and said, you're coming. And they said, but now how do you do this? And I said, well, I give an invitation. Well, how do you go about that? And I said, well, I stand there and I say, come. <laughs> they said well what can we expect and I said well I hope you expect people to get saved well everybody in our church is saved I said you're going to be very surprised so I'll never forget we got to this church I'll never forget it as long as I live these three elders met me at the door they took me into a little private room and said now how are you going to do this they were more uptight about the invitation 
you would have thought I walked in with a bomb strapped to my side. You know, and, and, and uh, I said, I'm going to preach a message. Then I am going to say, would you like to respond to the word of God? Well, we went in there, and I'll never forget, they were, they were glued to the back wall. They looked like they were waiting for a grenade to go off. And it was so cute. It was really funny. I laughed within myself. But now, sitting on the stage, the devil hopped on my shoulder and said, you better cool it. And you better be sophisticated because look at all these. Because when we drove up to the parking lot, it was Mercedes, it was Beamers, it was Jaguars. These were upper crust professionals uh, in Houston, lawyers, doctors, everything under the sun. This was a very wealthy church. And so the devil said, you better cool it. You better be sophisticated. And I, and I agreed with him for a second there. Okay, I'll, I'll stand behind the pulpit where if I'm standing in a bucket of water, I won't spill a drop. I'll try to be very sophisticated and lucid and debonair and intelligent. And then the Lord got on my other shoulder and said, let it go. <laughs> and I knew what he meant. He said two words to me, be yourself. I said, okay. When I stood in that pulpit, those guys looked like somebody had, those nail guns had nailed them to the wall. They're watching. Well, I preached, and then I gave the invitation. And I wish you could have seen what we saw. Because they flooded the altar. These high class, these women wearing mink coats and, and, and these men, $1,000 Armani suits and all this money and all this success, weeping, bawling, shaking in the altar. These elders were blown away. The ox got loose. And women, grabbing Kathy, saying, I've been thinking about suicide. I've been so depressed. These men, I'm filled with temptations. I'm messing up. I'm this and I'm that. Shaking, heaving, sobbing. God moved. We were in that altar for an hour. When we left and went to my friend's house, we weren't in the house five minutes. Then a knock came on the door. He opened it. And there they had followed us there and were on the porch. We need God. We need the Holy Spirit. Listen, church. The world out there is starving for the real thing. They want to see what we say we saw. They want a touch from God. They want to see the ox loose in the field, moving, plowing up the hearts, sowing the seed, raising the spiritual dead, and setting them free. And i got to tell you, that was one of the funnest altar calls I have ever had. The only problem is that if you don't want the ox moving, there's no harvest. No one's going to be touched by God. If you're in one of those churches where the ox is not moving, we hear no creaking of the hinges as prison doors swing open for those who have been bound. No shouts of liberty are heard from people being set free. There's no harvest of souls rescued from the clutches of Satan, no results that could be called spiritual fruit. Because the ox is the power that pulls the plow, that breaks up the ground, that paves the way for a beautiful field of flowing wheat and grain. We need the ox in the barn. And we need to join hands with him and work in the field of harvest.
If you don't want the ox in the barn, yeah, you know, it's going to be clean. You're going to have a clean barn. And that's just the way some religious people like it. But there won't be anything going on at all. But there's another kind of church, the second kind of church. And that is the New Testament church. The true New Testament church knows that it is futile to even try to plow the field without the ox. Do you know why I'm standing in front of you today preaching the Word of God? Because one day when I was 18 years old, hair down to here, fresh out of hippiedom, I believed in Christ. I knew Christ. I, I, I knew that He was the Savior. But I went to a meeting, and when I went into a meeting, it was in a house. I went into this meeting, and I saw a bunch of young people just like me, long-haired guys, bell-bottom blue jeans, the whole bit, T-shirts, sitting there with their hands lifted up, tears streaming down their face worshiping the Lord with total abandon. And I saw that, and I said, Lord, I've got to have that. And he said to me, say that one more time. I want it. I'll give up anything. I've got to give up to have it. And I'm telling you, I'm not going to get mixed up in semantics. I don't care to call it baptism of the Spirit, filled with the Spirit, touched by the Spirit, bowled over by the Spirit, whatever you want to call it. It was like somebody took the top of my head off and poured wave after wave of liquid love into my spirit. And I became overwhelmed and overjoyed and overpowered by the power of God. And it was because of that powerful ox in the barn, the Holy Spirit, that fire grabbed hold of my heart to preach the word. This was not a career choice. This was because he touched me. I wouldn't be standing in this pulpit after all these years if not for the power of the Holy Spirit. How does anybody make it in this world where Satan has opened his mouth and vomited on our culture, where demons are everywhere you look and possessed people abound? How can you possibly make it with the warfare at the level that it is without the power of the Holy Ghost. The true New Testament church longs for the ox, welcomes the ox, prays that nothing they do will get in the way of the moving of the ox. We are co-laborers with the Holy Spirit. We're not in this alone. The true New Testament church endeavors to follow along behind the ox as he plows the field and works together with him for a mighty harvest of souls. I could not do what I do without the power of the Holy Spirit. Every week I've got to get a fresh word. Every week I've got to get before God. Twice a week I've got to seek him for bread for the children. Where does it come from? I sit there and I begin to fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And as I wait on him, he sets my heart on fire. He set my heart on fire with this. I couldn't hardly wait to get here. I'm I'm about to bust. Because I'm telling you a secret, a key. See, Kathy and I met in a move of God. We were in a church, Beverly Hills Baptist Church, years ago, the early 70s. We were in a move of God where the pastor was telling God, if you don't do something in my life, I'm getting out of the ministry. He'd already filled out his resignation. He had already been checking into selling insurance instead of staying in the ministry. And he went one day to get something out of the refrigerator. He was in the house all alone. And when he grabbed the refrigerator door, it was like he grabbed hold of an electric current, but it wasn't. I know what you're thinking. It wasn't. God touched him opening the refrigerator, came into his everyday, everyday, workaday life, and just touched him. He said, 
all of a sudden the power of God swept over him like he never knew possible. He was changed. He jumped and leaped for joy in his living room. He'd never known anything like this. He said, do I tell my people what's happened to me? And the Holy Spirit said, tell them. He went out there to a church of 400 people and said, this week I got filled with the Holy Spirit. I had an experience with the Holy Spirit I cannot describe to you. The next week, it exploded, it grew, it grew in one year. They went from 400 to 4,000 and moved from a little building into the Bronco Bowl Auditorium. And they flooded in. Why? Because people are hungry for God. But now here's the deal. He paid a price, and you'll always pay a price if you allow the ox to go free. A real ox leaves a mess in the barn. You're going to have to regularly clean it up. So to the farmer, it's well worth it. Because, because that ox is there, he's got a harvest. And because he's got a harvest, he's got food and he's got a life. There's a price to pay if you let the ox loose. And a lot of people are afraid of letting him loose, just like those three elders. <laughs> but the true New Testament church is more than willing to pay the price for letting the ox loose. Here's some of the prices you're going to pay. The dust of controversy is always kicked up when God starts moving. When God starts moving, people start getting set free, and the word gets out that the ox is loose in a, in a particular barn, in a church. You've always got the religious pundits coming out of the woodwork telling you why that shouldn't be happening and what's wrong with it and how it's not biblical and all this other stuff until they come and they get touched too. When Brother Howard, my pastor, got filled with the Holy Spirit, had his experience, all the Southern Baptists who I love turned against him. He got the right foot of fellowship. And they booted him out of the convention for, oh, gasp, praying for the sick. Devils are flushed out like roaches scurrying across the kitchen floor at night when the ox starts moving. Oh, yeah, devils come out of the woodwork when the ox starts moving. Jesus found that there was devils in church. And I'm going to tell you, there's devils in church. Matter of fact, some churches are the best place the devil can find. There's more going on there than the nearest bar. Y'all are so quiet today. This isn't what I was bargaining on, Mabel, when you brought me here. I'm telling you, we got transported into a supernatural life when you got saved. It's not barely hanging on until you get to heaven. It is. God gave you power. He clothed you with power. You have power inside of you and around you and on you. You have been clothed with the Holy Spirit. You are not to be just barely eking by. You are to be overcoming. You are to be winning. You are to be influencing people, not by might, but by the power of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Mockers, if, you, if, if the ox gets loose in a church... Mockers and ridiculers and skeptics and religious people come out of the woodwork when the Holy Spirit starts setting people free. Nobody's more disturbed than the people in the church I first described first. It was the religious people, the self-proclaimed teachers of the Word of God, the Pharisees that relentlessly persecuted Jesus, tested His teaching, and hurled insults and blasphemies at Him. 
religious people. And it was religious people who orchestrated the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. When the Holy Spirit moves, there's going to be messy deliverances, messy counseling, messy devils, messy problems, and messy criticism. Get ready. Because the Holy Spirit stirs things up. But wouldn't you rather be where the ox is plowing the field and there is a harvest and God is moving and people are being set free than, 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 than being God's frozen, chosen, and, and ice skating to your seat? <laughs> Some of you, your, your white knuckle hanging on the edge of your seat. There is a price to pay for an ox in the barn, but I got a word for you. The messing is worth the blessing. The messing is worth the blessing. The blessing of the moving of the Spirit of God, it far outweighs the messes that you've got to clean up. Let me just share a few with you. Jesus is going to be high and lifted up and glorified in a place where the ox is on the loose. Because Jesus said, when he, the Spirit of truth comes, he will bring glory to me. He will bring glory to me. And so wherever the Holy Spirit is, there is a, an exaltation of Jesus Christ, lifting Him up, glorifying His name. He does not point to a person. He points to Jesus. He points to Him. And He says, there's your answer. There's your healer. There's your provider. There's your Savior. There's your deliverer. There He is. It's Jesus Christ. Where the Spirit of God is moving, you're going to hear people talking about Jesus. Not one another, but Jesus. Not gossiping, but Jesus. I mean, you got... you. Listen... When gossip starts in a church, they just need to get filled with the Holy Spirit because that is when everybody starts talking about Jesus. Instead of being stuck on stupid, you're stuck on Jesus. And I'd rather be stuck on Jesus. The Spirit of God will bring power. Jesus said, you better tarry in Jerusalem until you're clothed with that power from on high. Power for proclamation. I'll never forget when God touched me with the Holy Spirit and filled me with the Holy Spirit when I went and shared Jesus. It was with stuttering, it was with fear, it was with insecurity. But something happened to the people I was talking to that was beyond me. And I saw that it's not up to us, it's up to Him. And if you'll minister full of the Spirit, practice the presence of God, worship Him. Don't leave the house till you've been clothed with power. When you go out that day, there's a power on your life. Supernatural. Power for Christian living. Power in spiritual warfare. Power from God. Where the Spirit moves, there's going to be a supernatural impartation. Anytime I've seen a church or a group where the Spirit of God moved, it always released people into their giftings and callings. I discovered I was called to preach just worshiping the Lord, having been filled with the Spirit. It says, quote, but one and the same Spirit, the Holy Spirit, distributes His gifts to each person individually as He wills. Impartation of spiritual gifts, impartation of supernatural growth, impartation of a great and awesome harvest. All of this comes when the ox is released. When there's an ox in the barn. The moving of the Spirit produces joy. That's why some of you 
need to inform your face, you got saved. You come in here looking like you just lost your... Let me tell you the sign of the moving of God. It is not a furrowed brow and a serious... No, it is walking and leaping and praising God. It is joy, unspeakable and full of glory. Because when you have been set free, you don't say, well, praise the Lord. I got set free. No, as Hallelujah. Now, I just heard you, sir. Now I know, Mabel, you dragged me to the wrong place. Let me tell you something, sir. No, you're in the right place because the Lord wants to touch you and give you something worth living for. Boldness comes with the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God stirs up curiosity when He's moving. It says, when the Spirit of God fell on the day of Pentecost, the Bible records, the multitude came together and they were all amazed and marveled. You know what a sign and a wonder is? A sign points to something and a wonder makes you wonder. A wonder is Moses seeing the bush that was burning but not burned up. That was a wonder and it made him wonder. He said, I think I'll turn aside and look at this. When God is moving and people are being set free, people look at it like they looked at that burning bush. And they say, huh, I believe I'll turn aside from my workaday life and see what this is. The church is supposed to make them wonder. It's supposed to attract them. There is no question that the messing is worth the blessing. May God move by the Spirit of the Lord. Some of you, He wants to set you free. Some of you have wanted the Lord to touch you for years. Some of you have prayed that the power of God would clothe you from on high. Some of you have wanted a touch from Him for the longest time and you haven't known how to do it, how to go about it, how to get yourself in the presence of it. Why don't you stand with me, would you? Well, Pastor Jeff, how'd you experience it? I asked. Well, I already have the Holy Spirit. If you're saved, you do. That doesn't mean you got all you can get. How many of you can say, Pastor Jeff, for a long time I've wanted God to touch me with His power like you're talking about? Let me see. That's about the same average, about half, same averages as in the first service. I mean, you can say he touched me once, but boy, could I use it again? Yeah. If the Lord leads, I'm going I'm to deal with this in the next couple of weeks. Don't stay away scared. When the ox is in the barn, it's a beautiful thing. It's not to be, it's not to make you nervous, not to repel you. God's not going to do something with you that you don't want done. I hear some of you thinking, what will happen to me if I really say, Lord, touch my life? What if he turns me into something I don't want to be? Do you like what you are now? He made you. He's just going to tune the guitar. Some of you, well, that guitar is tuned. I can't do it. But when we hit a chord, it's and that's your life. 
You want a clean G D C. Now I want to pray with you. If you want the Lord to touch you in a fresh way, I'm going to invite you to come down. You can stay where you are, and that's okay, but I want to invite you to come down. You can say, I need a fresh touch from the Lord. In the first service, I mean, God really moved. And I want to invite you to come down. We're just going to worship for a minute. We're not going to do anything weird. Don't worry. We're just going to ask God to touch people. We're going to ask God to touch people. So we're going to give you a little bit. Let's sing, Joe. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Don't leave unless uh, and, 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 unless we have dismissed because there's people being touched. We're fine on time. Let God move right now. As little movement as possible, unless it's this way. Now sing it. Make it a prayer. Holy Spirit. And when you sing in this place, let it mean you. Thou art well. Omnipotent Father, Father of mercy and grace, Thou art welcome in this place. Sing it again, and we're going to let him just move now. Lord, touch them. Spirit, Thou art welcome. you understand that we understand when you ask Christ into your heart the Spirit of God came into you and he abides there and he baptized you into the body of Christ but Jesus said in Luke 11 the Holy Spirit or the, the Father would give the Holy Spirit to those that ask him for it now that just means we're asking for another touch. So let's just do it right now. Lord, touch us. If there's any unconfessed sin, confess it right now. He will not move where there is sin that's unconfessed. He will not. Any bitterness, unforgiveness, 
anything like that. Secret sin, moral sin, any kind of sin, put it under the blood. Confess it right now. Spirit, we just pray that you will fill us, clothe us with that power. Lord, we ask you, clothe us with that power. Clothe us with that power. Right now, in the name of Jesus, now pray with me and say, Lord, I invite you into this barn. I want to live by the power of that ox, the Holy Spirit. Fill me, Lord. Empower me. And Lord, I pray that you will do it in such a way that they will take it home, take it to their house, take it to the living room, take it with their children, that Lord, not only filled here, but our homes will be filled with the power of God. Not discord, not anger, not arguing, but filled with the power and the joy of the Spirit. That our homes will be enveloped in your power like we sense right now in this church. That Lord, it'll be just like church at home. That, Lord, you will put an end to the discord, an end to the arguing, an end to the wedges between us. That the walls will come down, the Holy Ghost will bring them down, and we will be made unified in our homes, in our marriages. No more walls, but move, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Lift your hands and sing it with me again. Holy Spirit, Thou art welcome. Thou art welcome in this place. Holy Spirit, Thou art welcome in this place. to him and just let him touch you right now. Hopelessness is fading. I feel the ox moving in the room. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord.
Well, if this was good for you today, give the Lord a hand of praise right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We need, we need to hear a little bit more on this, don't we? We will. We will. All right. If the Lord touched you, give him a hand one more time. If he did, amen.